Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks, Morris. I am Marie, the SLP, and on today's episode, we have our first ever returning guest, my friend Heather, who, if you remember, did an episode with me a while back called A Mama's Perspective, where she gave, again, her perspective on all things IEP related, individual education plan related, what it's like being in the parent's shoes, questions you should ask, ways to work with the team, um, because she is the mama to a sweet little boy who had early intervention and preschool speech and language services and uh, has made such great progress. We're so, so proud of him and our family. Um, But today we're going to talk about some fun in the sun or maybe in your house activities to do at home with your little ones. We're going to talk about, um, Heather's going to give some real life experience on things she does at home with Hunter, but we're also going to give you a little bit more on how to promote speech and language development while doing these specific activities and maybe give you some more ideas. So this one's definitely for the moms and dads out there looking for those extra summer activities to do, um, especially while you're still practicing social distancing. And, uh, you know, if you're a speech language pathologist or a teacher and want some extra therapy ideas, here you go. So we hope you enjoy. uh, And let's talk to Heather. Hi, Heather. How are you doing? (laughs) Hi, Marie. I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Good. Um, We're glad to have you back. If you haven't listened before, Heather has already been on an episode of Thanks, Morris, and she shared all about her. journey through having a child that has had some speech and language needs and has, you know, we've talked about being on an IEP team. I'm sure there's more we will cover one day together with that stuff. But today we're going to switch it up. We're going to have some fun. And again, I'm going to go over five different kind of categories. And these are things that I like to always recommend throughout the school year that my parents are doing at home. So daily things, things that you might you know, if you have these like toys we might bring up at home, these are things I'm hoping that you can just carry out throughout your weekend and right now um, and even during the last part of my school year at home during COVID school closures, um, but it is summer break. So these are things we're hoping that parents can take away and and be like, oh, I'm going to try that, you know, tomorrow. Um, all right. So Heather, so the first thing I want to talk about is cooking. And now what we'll do is I'll have Heather kind of, you'll explain, like give us a situation or something that you do, an example of how you and Hunter um, might cook together at home. And then I might expand on that and talk about all the good language that you can use to keep expanding your child's language. Okay. Uh, Well, I know that Hunter, he loves to help me cook with anything and his he wants to stand right next to me, even if I'm at the stove and I'm just like, okay, the fire's on, we got to scoot back. (laughs) Um, so I try to do, um, like a lot of mixing stuff with him. It's like, we'll make pancakes or even jello. Um, and he likes to make jello because I'll chop up strawberries and I'll put strawberries in the strawberry jello and he'll help me mix it. Um, and, uh, and then we talk about, well, we will put the cold water in and the hot water. Um, and then we, put it in the fridge and then after we put it in the fridge we'll take it out and we'll add whipped cream and he loves all of that (laughs) yeah so it's like not only are you doing something that's just something like you might do every day whether you're making oatmeal for breakfast or smoothie or something but you're using and this is something I um 
wanted to make sure I touched on at some point. So we'll just do it at the beginning, but you're using something that he likes. So you're not just bringing him in the kitchen because it's breakfast time and you're making eggs. Some kids love that too. They, because they have eggs every day and they love eggs, but you're getting him in there with something that he really likes to eat and with, um, different elements that he really likes you know, he might get to sneak a little bit of whipped cream um, <laughs> for that jello, but uh, it's really cool because already you already went over this for me, but there's so much vocabulary and not, not like vocabulary, like uh, jello, like that's, yeah, obviously if I like to eat jello, I want to make sure my kid or my kid likes to eat jello. I want to make sure they know that word, but you also have functional stuff. So, um, you know, you talked about um, cold and hot. And those are things like I have, you know, kiddos where I remember I brought a, a child to the speech room this year. He was all bundled up. It was when it was really cold in the wintertime and he's all bundled up in this big jacket. He had like five layers underneath and he couldn't tell me he was too warm in the speech room. He just, he looked exhausted. He looked uncomfortable mm-hmm. and he couldn't, you know, he couldn't tell me I'm too warm or I'm hot. I need to take, you know, and then whole thing of taking a jacket off is a whole other story, but those things that you can talk about. So when you're talking about has to, you know, first it's hot, hot means, you know, it's, it's really warm. It's like when the fire's on, um, it, you know, and then cold, it's like inside the refrigerator in the snow. That's how we feel. We feel cold. So things like that are just super functional. And then I like too. you talked about, you know, um, the safety aspect, which it's, But it's so funny because believe it or not, like that is something, especially with preschoolers. Now, Hunter, I forgot to mention, he is going to kindergarten. Uh, He just graduated, huh? Yeah. So proud of himself. It's so exciting. I was so happy to see him because I had to read the paper to him and he was like, kindergarten? (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's screaming his head off. He was so excited. (laughs) Sweet guy. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if I think about my preschoolers, the safety aspect, like we always are talking about, do they have safety awareness? Do they have even, you know, then it goes into stranger danger, which is a whole other thing, but that the safety stuff can start with those daily routines. And I think cooking is a really great way to talk about that because they're little, so they need a step stool or they need something to help them see. But it's good to remind them, you know, you don't climb up here without mommy or without daddy because it's not safe. And um, then there's the stove stuff and turning on a stove and fire and the danger aspect. And it's really important definitely to make sure that you're not like uh, too enthusiastic about that stuff, I guess. Cause you don't want to, I mean, I always am like, you know, you don't want to overdo it when teaching safety. Cause you don't want to make it too interesting to try to turn on the stove, but it's good to talk about, you know, uh, we want to be safe. So here's what we're going to do to be safe and safe foods to make jello is a very, uh, a very safer, like, um, I guess safety friendly food, child friendly yeah. food. So I think that's a great way to start or like, I mean, instant pudding could be a good one too, <laughs> but things like that. Um, and then I like to, you know, there's different actions you can do. So if you're cutting, you're cutting the strawberries, you're pouring, you're mixing. Um, and then I like that you talked about it. You already did this for me too, but in a sequence. 
So you put it from like first this, then this, last this, which is something I always recommend you work on with like kids that are especially hunters age because then they're starting to learn how to organize their thoughts because you hear these little ones like, you know, <laughs> you're already laughing, but <laughs> the, they start, you know, when they're trying to tell you a story and they're like, I rode the bike and outside and oh my gosh, the dog and oh, the ball. And you're like, what <laughs> happened? You know, you, they have a lot of great stuff to say, but we work on that first this, then this, last this. So when you do it in a context where it's familiar, you're you're just going to keep them expanding that knowledge. And then when they go outside and you're watching them play and they do that where they jumble everything up, you can then go ahead and bring back that first. That happened. Then that happened. Then that happened. Um, and they can kind of start to generalize. So, no, yeah. it's, it's great. And like you said, he loves to be in the kitchen with you. And I think yeah. little ones, they just like they, – they like to – they like to do the things that their moms and dads like to do or that they yes. see them doing regularly, um, which is why it's important to set those really good examples, right? But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that. Um, and then another thing that I wanted to point out too um, that's really good is it's there's a social aspect. So when you have them doing something like cooking, and like you said, he's helping mommy and that help that, you know, you could talk about like after the final product, oh my gosh, look at this pudding. You helped make that. You helped mommy, you know, you put the strawberries in, I put the water in, you did this. And so they kind of understand that helping. And the last point about this that I, I really like that I um, have learned through, you know, with talking to other parents and stuff is things like cooking help with attention building because they have to wait. They have to, you know, um, I've been watching a lot of the Great British Baking Show. And um, <laughs> so I'm like, they're waiting for their things to bake. And there's all this time and they're sitting around. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd be so stressed if I was in a competition. But then I think about like a preschooler and I'm like, no, like they don't like to wait. And, and a fun thing I do, and Heather, you'll, you'll know this because I've played this game with Hunter before, but I have a pizza uh, toy or activity. So it's this whole sequence. It's a pretend pizza with Velcro and, you know, a bunch of slices. And so we build the pizza and then we, you know, we have the step of having to put it in the oven, put a timer on. And so I use a real timer and I say, it's going to take 15 minutes, which is a long time for a preschooler to wait. But a real pizza, well, uh, a real pizza pit takes about 10 to 12 minutes, actually. I know this for a fact. But <laughs> sometimes, like if you're waiting for Jello to chill in the fridge, like. Yeah. Yeah. I think two, two hours, something like that. Two hours? Two to four. I can't remember the last time we made Jello. I mean, we made Jello recently, so I should know, but. Eh, it's okay. You're a mom. You have a lot going on. <laughs> but. Um, but no, like that's, you know, there's some, some recipes and maybe parents think about if you're going to try cooking, think about what's going to, what's appropriate for your child to wait for. Like, yeah, Hunter probably can at this point get the concept of like, yeah, it takes a few hours. So what are we going to, you know, we're probably going to do stuff in the meantime, but sometimes for those things that, you know, only take maybe like a few minutes to boil and the kiddos like watching the pot, like hoping it'll start boiling. Um, it's kind of a good thing for them to sit there and maybe try like have something on hand, maybe some kind of, you know, tabletop activity, a coloring or a drawing activity that they can do while they wait. Um, 
but it is, it's exciting. And the anticipation is really fun when they, especially when they know once they've done one activity, coming back to the same activity another day and they know what to expect is so like, they, they just get so much more excited. I feel like, okay, we can stop talking about cooking because I'm hungry. (laughs) I mean, dinner yet. Um, so my next one that I'll try to be less, uh, verbose with is <laughs> reading stories together. Um, and so, you know, just to, just to kind of talk about this for a quick second, Heather, before I let you talk, <laughs> sorry, I just can't shut up today. Um, but I just, you know, I love bringing books into uh, speech and language and bringing them into just a daily routine at home is a great way to promote engagement with your child. So something that you can do together and it also helps work on pre-literacy skills, which when they're in preschool, it's a huge deal. I'm just going to say that much. And I learned that by being in preschool. I didn't know that before. So <laughs> it's just a plus. But what does it um, kind of look like for you when you're reading together? Uh, well, Hunter and I spend like two times a day reading. Um, so we'll find some time during our regular day to read. And he likes to sit in my laps and I'll sit in my lap and I'll hold the book in front of him and we'll read it. Um, and then before bed always. And that's when that he like gets upset if we don't, if I forget or if something happens and I don't have the time and Jeremy has to read or whatever, he just, he wants it to always be consistent that I'm reading a book to him. Um, and he gets upset if that's not consistent. <laughs> um, and he has like favorite books and sometimes I'll let him pick a book before we read or I'll pick a book. We switch off. Yeah. Well, I, man, you're doing it twice a day. That's awesome. Which is probably like, honestly, how much I had it when I was little. I just don't remember that far back, but I loved reading books and I was the same way. I always wanted it with my mom. If it was my dad, it was weird because my mom did that with me. And it's, it's, probably just it's his mom time with you you know it's just hunter mama and um it's just a special time did you ever use when he was littler did you ever use like interactive books with like you know some pages would have fuzzies and some would make sounds yeah yeah he we still have some of those and he likes to look through them and feel them um and talk about we actually talk about how they feel and um there was one picked one and I actually wanted me to read it to him so I was like reading it's a pink heart and a blue number one <laughs> and we're like studying the pictures together it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah do you um if he picks a book with like a lot of words to read through do you do the classic summarizing that many of us do because I do it yeah <laughs> especially when <laughs> I want to go to bed. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, and it's funny and you could even tell him like, oh, we've read this one five times. You try because <laughs> they'll go a lot faster sometimes. I shouldn't say that's typical. Typically, I notice like the kiddos will go a lot faster through it because they, they pick up, um, you know, from my speech and language kids, especially if we're working on those like sequencing skills or whatever, like obviously we're working on it for a reason because I want them to get like the main things that are happening. So first this happened, then this happened, then that happened. But um, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm sure for parents, it's like, give them a chance to tell you, especially if it's something they, they know pretty well, because you get, you get a chance to see what they really can do. Um, and then you can always like kind of take a mental note of like, oh, I kind of want to make sure that they, you know, that they know that Little Red Riding Hood was going 
you know, to her grandma's house. That's kind of a big point, but it's sometimes it's good to just like sit there and let them be the leader. Um, and I know Hunter and I know that he probably does, does get to be the leader a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is something else that I do like to do when I read with him is, um, like if I know there's a part in the story where it's, I, I don't know, like they're talking about doing something and then the next page they're going to talk about like what it is they're going to do. And I will ask him, what do you think they're going to do, Hunter? What do you think's going on? I always try to ask him questions so that he like is thinking and really thinking about it and we can engage a little more. That's in the. Yeah, that's perfect. And that, um, I was, you, t- you said it for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was like, I was going to talk about that, but you did it. Um, and no, and that's such a, it's, um, that it's that inferencing where it's like, do you know what's going to happen? I, I don't know. You try and tell me cause I have no idea. Um, it, it's such a good skill because like you said, it's that critical thinking part. It's him like actually kind of like looking at everything that happened and taking it and kind of applying it to something that's a little bit more abstract. And so, um, that's, it's awesome because, and I love books. I love books, whether it's speech sounds. So like if you're working on the duh or the t sound or whatever sound, or if it's a language based activity, like vocabulary or comprehension, I like it for anything because books, regardless of what age, I feel like build this or literature, I should say, because when I worked in the middle schools, we didn't really read like storybooks. We would like look at articles and stuff, but literature builds this common like context. So when you're working together, um, if no matter what you're doing, you both know. And when you're reading with your little one, it's just this like, you know, it's, it's funny to think about it like a fairy tale, but it's like you open it up into a magical land that you're both getting to experience together and then talk about and uh, make all these kind of connections together. So it's just really cool to be using books with your little ones. And I love that. I love that you have two times a day built into your routine. I just, uh, it's so perfect. Um, one thing I will say that I've been guilty of doing multiple times is, and I, so I'm like, no judgment here, but I wanted to point out, I learned pretty recently in my career that it's not always a good idea to quiz. So if you're like going through a picture book and you're like, what's that? What's that? Um, I, because it's putting a little bit of an extra demand on the actual idea of just opening up a book together. Um, I don't like for Hunter, I feel like it, we're, he's a different kid. Like that might be appropriate because you might be working on specific vocabulary with him and, and the book, it might be a favorite book that you, you can open up that can really get him motivated to work on that vocabulary. I think I'm talking more for like the really early language kids, like the, the three-year-olds, sometimes two-year-olds that maybe are way more limited with their vocabulary. Because um, Hunter, we know is not. <laughs> he's got a great vocabulary. <laughs> um <laughs> He tells us what he needs, when he needs it, and how we're going to help him get it. <laughs> so <laughs> there's no problem. But um, no, I just, I recently learned this in a training and it was really interesting because it totally was like, oh, I do that to my, like my more limited kiddos where I'm like, oh, you know, it's like a farm animal book and I'm pointing to a cow like, what's that? You know, when the kid's saying moo and I'm like, yeah, so I should be, you know, kind of saying, I should be narrating is what I'm trying to say. I should be giving them the language before I'm quizzing them. And, or 
I shouldn't even be doing that. You know, it, it, I think with books, and that's why I asked you earlier, like, do you summarize sometimes? Because sometimes you have to think about like where the child is at and it's okay if you're not telling every element of a story. Like I do fairy tale units and my last one before the school closure was Little Red Riding Hood and that Little Red Riding Hood book had paragraphs. And I was like, I'm not reading all about, you know, what was in her basket to them. Like, they don't need to know that information. Um, and so it, it's just a good reminder that, like, you can meet the kiddo where they're at. And then um, if you're just working on animal noises, that's great. Just do that. Just make the whole book about that. But you're still getting to experience opening the book looking at the, or looking at the pictures, talking about the front cover and then turning pages and then getting to the end and closing the book, um, which are all good things. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about books. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's mostly, what, <laughs> I mean, you can even talk about like the way the book feels too, or even before you open the book, you can talk about it yes. about before you actually start reading and then get into the book. I know I've done that with Hunter a couple times, not recently, but no, but actually that's, and that's a really great point. I for you know, forgot about that one. Cause, um, something I'll do and I, I don't, I should do this more with my little ones and I do it with some of my groups, but I would do it a lot in the elementary schools. But again, it doesn't mean that it's only for elementary school students for preschoolers and early language. It's perfect because it doesn't matter if they can't give you the answer. So like if you look at the front cover of a book, you're like, Oh, there's a big bad wolf and there's a little red riding hood. What is this story about? You know, maybe they could tell you if you've read it before, maybe if you're working with like a fourth grader, um, they might be able to, inference what might happen in the story who knows but it is good to kind of talk about it and even if you're talking about look at all the colors feel how soft um you know I'm I'm a very um sensory seeking person I think sometimes I love those soft book covers like yeah the ones that feel like play-doh almost um (laughs) so (laughs) I love the way the smooth ones feel. I always rub my hands up and down the pages. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. And um, and not I'm not trying to plug Mark's book in any way, but, you know, Mark has his book that he and his mom wrote, Brick and Stick. And one of the things before we were dating when he was like going around selling them, <laughs> um, I remember being like, cause I was in grad school at the time and I actually, so I was like all about like finding new materials and, and books were my favorite and they still are. But I remember him like walking around selling them at our restaurant that we worked at. And I was like, what is this? And so he handed me it and I was like, oh, it feels so soft. <laughs> he probably thought it was so weird. I'm surprised he's, he decided to date me later on in life. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm just totally like that. And the kids love that book because of how soft that cover is. They want to see what's inside because they feel it. And they're like, this is, <laughs> this is really nice. Like it feels really good. Oh man. Anyways. So yeah. So, you know, gotta, you gotta get all elements in there from pretty pictures good story content to, uh, how it feels. <laughs> um, all right. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, were just kind of like daily routines. Now this is another thing I actually every month give my parents a handout on another daily routine, like reminder, like this month, try working on these language things at bath time. And this month, try it during brushing your teeth. Um, 
So I wanted to ask you basically, like, what are some of the daily routines that you guys find maybe the most engagement in? Mm. Um, well, I know like one of the first things, well, Hunter always comes into my room when he wakes up okay. and um, so we'll lay down in the bed together and I'll talk to him about whatever our plans are during the day. Aww. And that's where we get a lot of our most engagement because then he gets to know, okay, so today we're going to go to the grocery store and we're going to be buying stuff for dinner and this is what we're making for dinner. And, um, and then I plan to exercise. And then when I exercise, he gets to go outside and ride the Jeep or kick the ball. Um, and that's when I feel like we get the most engagement of our conversations. I love that one because I think that's one that like, I didn't even think of that. And again, I think that comes from me not having my own child. You know, I think about those those things, those times of day that maybe parents struggle a little bit more, right? So I, I get a lot in a, you know, in an IEP meeting and a mom might say, or a dad, can't exclude dads, but, um, you know, I'll have a parent telling me like, oh, they just really don't like bath time. It's a struggle every night, da 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 And, you know, we give them, we try to tell them, this is how you can make it fun or this or that or whatever. But I like that idea of the fact that your most engaging time is the very beginning of the day. And I know that can be hard when the day starts and we've got to, you know, especially during the school year, you got to get up, you got to brush those teeth, you got to get dressed, you got to eat breakfast. Um, but I like that you kind of set, you, you basically are front loading him for his day. So it might be helpful to find that moment to like talk about your schedule and sequence it out and, and take that 10 minutes or however long you really need, you know, maybe you have to wake up earlier for it. Sorry guys. But I think it's good because then when bath time comes later, it might yeah. be easier and then you might get more engagement during bath time too. Um, no, I really, I, I think that's so sweet and so um, helpful for him and just, and I know like, especially kids like Hunter who they're not going to forget that you told them that you're having mac and cheese for dinner eight hours ago. So you better not change plans, Heather. <laughs> I'll have to watch what I tell him because he, he definitely, you told me we're going to grandma cook's today. We're going to go swimming. Like, oh yeah. I <laughs> Sorry, Grandma Cook ended up out uh, dirt biking or whatever she'd off-roading. <laughs> Grandma Cook is my mom, guys, just just so you know who we're talking about. Um, but yeah, no, and um, I just, I do like that, that that's, there, you know, because there's so much language that can be happening throughout the day. And that's something that I think, you know, um, parents don't always realize they're actually giving their children a lot of input, whether they know it or not. So when you're brushing your teeth or when you're taking a bath, you know, with, you know, let's fill the tub and let's, you know, we got to turn it on. We got to turn it off. We got to put the, the little drain cap or whatever that is in. <laughs> um, there's so many opportunities for language and there's probably already so much that they're already doing. You know, I have parents that are like, I want to do more. What can I do? And, and I love that, but I'm also like, but look at what you're already doing. Like you're already giving so much input. You just got to keep doing it. And yeah, add a little bit every time. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's kind of fun probably for Hunter to, that he knows he just gets up, he goes into your bed and you have a, another little mommy and me time and you talk about your day and it's 
just probably so comforting for him. And it, again, it's a fun thing for him to do. And, um, I really do like that. Um, so that would be another tip that I would have is just like, find a fun time, find a, a highly enjoyable time versus trying to force the language during a time that your child does not like, because that will come like, there are other ways to strategize getting them to enjoy something that maybe they don't enjoy that needs to happen. But when you're prior, when you want the language um, stuff to be happening, find a time that they're going to enjoy would be my biggest piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. And we recently discovered that um, Hunter loves bath bombs. (laughs) Um, They have these bath bombs at Target where they have like a surprise inside the bath bomb. So we will put the bath bomb inside the tub and he's always like, well, what's, what's going to happen? What's going to come out of the tub? And um, there's a gold one with little pirate coins. So we have several pirate coins <laughs> around the house just from his gold bath bombs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good, uh, good thing. So if you're having trouble getting your kid to take a bath, go to Target, get a bath bomb, and say, go find it. <laughs> oh, man. No. And those are, those are such creative ways to get – this is, like, so off topic. But when you're looking at behavior, because behavior can be so closely associated with language and communication, but, like, you do. You have to get so creative um, sometimes. And it's, it's interesting. Like, I am – I am so interested to see what, how creative I have to get as a parent. Cause I, I'm like, I always think like being a speech pathologist could be helpful or it could be harmful because I'll use all my, my creative stuff before I even like should be using it. So we'll see one day. <laughs> um, and then I have a, my next little point here, I just put summer fun activities. <laughs> Um, so like fun in the sun. So, you know, especially, and this is going to kind probably blend a little bit with the last point I have, but, um, if we're talking about like being at home so much right now and, you know, kind of having, again, to get creative, um, do you have any good, like summer outdoor activities and I'm totally asking you this so I can steal them and make sure that I I suggest them when I have parents ask me (laughs) (laughs) um let's see I wrote down a couple things um well and this is our sunsets out here are beautiful um and Hunter always likes to go outside and look at the sunset and talk about the colors we see and just the stuff that's going on around us Um, And that's probably something that we do definitely a couple times a week. Um, And we also, he likes water balloons. He likes to throw water balloons. Um, And we, he has a baseball. So we'll try to throw the water balloons at the baseball and make a baseball water balloon game out of it. (laughs) Doesn't always get everyone wet, but. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Someone. Um, like swimming and bubbles, chalk, uh, and we'd like to walk around together. I mean, there's a lot of dirt, but we, <laughs> we somehow get around. <laughs> yeah, right. 
No, I think it's funny because so many people, I think, have just been taking walks lately because um, that's what we can do now, you know, and it, and it's kind of good. It's like appreciating those simple things that you get, you can do to get out of your house instead of, you know, maybe driving to the mall and walking around a mall. You're just having to walk around your neighborhood. And it's kind of nice because um, I feel like, especially for the little ones, they can kind of see their surroundings from a different perspective than driving through the neighborhood to go to Target or something. Um, not that that's bad either, because you could totally talk about things in the car, but it's slower. And sometimes we forget, I know I forget this, like, especially when I'm like walking a little one to speech, let's say, because there's, you know, sometimes I'm going, I'm not all inside. I go around the classrooms and I, uh, I forget, like, there's so much that can be talked about from the walk, you know, and talking about the weather, talking about how hot it is, again, hot and cold, um, (laughs) talking about, uh, you know, we see birds and lizards and the things that Miss M doesn't want to see outside, <laughs> the bugs. And, but I mean, it, you know, I had to totally, I've had some fun moments. I had one moment that was fun in a sense of I learned how to give the life versus death talk to a preschooler when they saw a caterpillar get squished. By, an, by a peer, this little boy was, we were all like, oh my gosh, it was a really beautiful caterpillar, one of those big fuzzies. And so one of the students saw it. He's the sweetest little guy. And like, like he was scarred for life because he saw it. He goes, Miss Emma, caterpillar. And we're talking about it. It's a fuzzy caterpillar. And um, I couldn't remember the song. My mom taught us the fuzzy wuzzy caterpillar song when I was little. I couldn't remember it and I still can't, but I remember wanting to like tell him. So I was like, oh, the fuzzy wuzzy caterpillar, just like saying that over and over. And uh, then the, the other little boy, the impulsive little boy just went bam and stomped it with his foot and, and squished it. And I was like, oh, and then he, you know, he's like, I killed it. And I was like, and so then the, the sweeter little boy, not, I mean, they're both sweet, but, you know, obviously one was like all about watching the life and the other was like, let's see what happens when I squish him. Yeah. So the sweet one was like, he killed it. And I was like, this is so horrible. <laughs> like, let's go to the speech room. Let's just get inside. This is a, this is a disaster zone. Oh my gosh. But I did talk. I said, yeah, you know. Sometimes bugs are in danger and sometimes we need to be careful so they can keep living. And the next time what we'll do is we'll move him to the dirt so that doesn't (laughs) happen. Like it was just this whole thing. But there was another time where I was walking with a student to the speech room and I got to witness him discover his shadow, which was amazing and magical. It gives me chills thinking about it, but like it was the cutest thing because he, we're walking and he... (laughs) And I, I can't, this is a recording of audio, but Heather could see me when I do it, but he kept going like, like <laughs> looking behind him because he, I was like in, you know, so I'm like, is this kid like, what's wrong? He's seeing spirits. And, um, <laughs> and it was just so funny because, uh, I, I had to like really watch him to be like, what is he looking at? And then I kept noticing he's looking down at his shadow and he goes, why is it following me? <laughs> It was so cute. And so then we got to talk about it and explain it. And he was, but he was like really scared. And I didn't, you don't think about that because some kids, they don't, they kind of just grow into realizing that it's there. And later on in life, they learn about it in like 
science class. Like we all have a shadow. It changes throughout the day where the sun is, blah, blah, blah. This little three-year-old was like, what is following me? And so we got to the speech room afterwards because I said, you're okay. It's your shadow. And he didn't know what that meant. So we sat down and I said, you know, um, when we walk and the sun is in the sky, sometimes we have, you know, the shadow. And I just explained it the best that I could. But I said, watch, we're going to go back outside. So we spent the whole speech session outside chasing our shadows, which was just really cool because it was like, it's such a small little thing, but turned into so much fun. And it's just so cute to see little ones learning about like something so like something we just don't think about um, every day. Right. And if your kid like really enjoys um, shadows, you can always um, have them stand on the sidewalk and you can trace their shadow. That's oh, something. That's true. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. So the last, the last little tip here. Um, I just, I wrote down like extra, like indoor activities, maybe learning activities that you've found really helpful right now. Um, maybe tabletop activities, things that you're like finding to be useful for like Hunter's speech and language, but also as he's like getting ready for kindergarten and his academics and stuff. Um, well, I, I mean, that pop the pig game that you bought him for Christmas, he loves that game. That's one game that he's always wanting to play. Um, we lost one of the hamburgers and I was actually upset with him, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, we talk about the numbers and the colors and like pressing the pig's hat down and when his belly pops, he loves all of it. And, um, and it's a good way to recognize numbers if like kids don't recognize numbers yet. Um, and then like we count all of the hamburgers to know how many are there when we put them away. Um, that's one indoor game. And, um, if you don't have it, it's at target. (laughs) It's at target. It's on Amazon. Um, every speech pathologist should know what that is. If they don't, no shaming. I just recommend you go find it because you'll, unless you're working with adults, but even for adults, it could be really fun because it, okay. So I don't like that game because every time it pops, I get scared. And I've played it like 200 times, but um, no, that is, that's all I need to say about that game. It's amazing. And like Heather said, it is like, it has just everything from language to academics. So, and it's social because you take turns and you roll a dice. Um, maybe not when they're super young. I've learned the hard way with trying to teach how to roll dice and wait your turn. But, you know, you could at least still choose a color of a hamburger you want to feed him and yeah, I could go on and on about Pop the Pig. And I'm not endorsed or paid by them, just so everybody knows. Um, well, and then there's, um, we have this ABC, they're like ABC flashcards, and you they're turned into um, a card game, basically, like Flapjack, if you've ever played Flapjack, where you like slap the jack, I think that's what it's called, or Slapjack. Slapjack, I, uh, I don't know. And um, where you slap the jack, but in this game, it just has a card that says slap. And um, so you end up getting all the ABCs. And when Hunter and I play, because Hunter loves that game too, we will talk about, okay, A, B, C, or whatever letters are coming up. And it has lowercase and um, capital letters in there. And he likes to play that. So he's pretty good at his alphabet now, if he's willing to talk about it. (laughs) Right. When he wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, are you like me and you find the dollar section in Target pretty helpful? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, I found several things there. Um, we also, I think I found um, an alphabet board um, puzzle there once for like $7. Yeah. That we really like sometimes. <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've also found um, he, like little plastic tools that he likes to use, like with a hammer and a saw. And we'll talk about, because when my dad comes over, my dad always is super handy. So he'll want to pull those out and try to help. <laughs> I know. I was, I was so sad. This is totally, I mean, I found, because I love the dollar section at Target. And my goal for my springtime lesson was to do, like my spring into summer was to do a whole gardening unit with my kids and actually plant a plant and like keep it in the speech room and talk about it. So I went to Target and found all this gardening stuff, like little gloves and apron, little tools. And I was like, okay, like, you know, we'll pretend we have a garden and um, I had a story to go with it and all this stuff. And then, of course, we closed down and, and I still made it work on Zoom and distance learning. But um, I just, I there's so many things you can find in that section. And now it sounds like we're plugging Target, but... <laughs> I just I've it's funny because I always ask speech pathologists like have you checked out the the target section lately or the dollar section lately at target because there's a lot of stuff um and it's it's just I don't know it's one of my favorite things favorite places to go and and I'm sure there's a lot of parents that have discovered it at this point but it's um I think it's a good reminder that like you said you have those tools and every time grandpa's there like he gets to play, he gets to pull out those tools and he kind of knows and you got those in the dollar section at Target. Like, you know, like it's, you can do so much with so little, I guess you could say. Like I have felt food that I use in speech therapy that I got that was $3 total, like for a, ta a whole taco thing you can make and a whole hamburger thing. And um, even if you don't want to go to the dollar section at Target, you probably have stuff around your house already that's going to be very functional and um, uh, you're going to be able to use. And I'm actually, it'll, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll probably be up, but I have a video coming out about how to play with Mr. Potato Head. Um, I don't know if you, if you guys have a Mr. Potato Head. No, but you have, you have Forky, so you're good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he loves um, I know, like, there's one thing that Hunter loves is slime. We've made a, a, quite a few oh. slime. Um, yeah, and it's it's messy, so Hunter doesn't like sticking his hands in it. <laughs> um, so I'll do the mixing of it, but he'll play with it after once it's, like, more uh, stable, I guess. And so I let him pick whatever color he wants. It's a homemade recipe? Huh? Well, it's I mean, I don't know if it's homemade, but... <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. It is homemade. Like, we make it, yes. Okay. Yeah. So would you mind sharing that if we could, like, give that away as part of, like, I don't know, people want – if they listen to this and, like, we need to make slime. Yeah. No. Um. So we use um, shaving cream and uh, contact solution and um, one more thing. Oh, glue. Elmer's contact <laughs> Contact solution, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. What if you don't – do you know if there's, like, an alternative? Um, you can use borax, but oh, borax okay. as recommended because it's like a chemical. Yeah. So I would <laughs> contact solution. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's cool. 
Yeah. That's awesome. And again, you're like, in, you can make it together. If he doesn't want to mix, fine. <laughs> but no, yeah. I remember my mom making homemade Play-Doh and like, you know, she made it with everything that was technically edible. So like flour, I don't know what she used to make it stick together, to be honest. I can't remember. But you could eat it. it like basically, if the little one puts it in their mouth, it's not going to harm you. And so I remember her telling us like, oh, yeah, I mean, she was because you know, my mom is like, um, you saw her. We have to talk about the eggs. Actually, we're going to have to tell this story. We have to tell this story, but hold on. I'll get there. Um, this is going to be, that's going to be a great way to end this podcast. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. Uh, but anyways, my mom, like growing up, like she's very like honest, like she tells us everything that's going on. And so she'd make, you know, we'd make the homemade Play-Doh and then, you know, while we're playing with it, da, 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 she would let us know, you know, it's safe. You could eat it. Well, now that I'm a, like a preschool speech pathologist, I know if I tell a kid you could eat it, they're going to eat it because yeah. realistically they're going to eat anything anyways. So, you know, if you give them that much more permission, they're immediately going to try it. And I remember putting, yeah, yeah, everything's in their mouth. And so I remember putting it in my mouth and just being like, oh my God, ew, because it was so salty. <laughs> I could taste, like I could feel it right now in my mouth. It's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my mom. Um, <laughs> my first teacher. <laughs> um okay, yeah, the egg story. I guess now we have to tell it. Um so yeah, so a little background, because I think I don't know if anybody's if I said this on the, I know about the last podcast, I said like Jeremy's my brother. So, um, Jeremy and Heather are dating and they've, but you guys have been together for years now. So I feel like we're just all family. Like yeah. I could refer to Hunter as my nephew. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, cause you guys have been, and I, we just love you guys. And, um, we've, uh, been in each other's lives for quite some, quite some time years now and so yeah I don't even know I don't need to do the math right now though but <laughs> it's been it's yeah, good a lot of Hunter's life which is huge for yes. him that's all. yeah yeah and um so you know my mom is grandma grandma cook to Hunter and it's been so and Heather just I have to tell you because it's been so fun to watch my mom take on that grandma role so What's funny is, you know, there have been multiple moments. There have been so many moments. And you know, Heather, because I'm not quiet. I, I'm like, really, Mom? But um, <laughs> but this one in particular, this is like a few weeks ago, Mother's Day, right? It was Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom has chickens, which is another <laughs> great thing. If you have a family member with chickens and you want your child to be entertained, Go visit that family member because Hunter loves these chickens. Like the minute he gets there, I feel like it's either going swimming or getting to feed the chickens. And um, and Heather, like jump in anytime you want to interject if you have any more details for this story because I probably don't know it all. But on Mother's Day, you know, he did pretty good. I will say he did. I didn't hear him ask to go see the chickens for a couple hours. Maybe yeah. he yeah. – maybe what I think we had him entertained because you had brought all those blocks out so yeah 
focused on other stuff. <laughs> Leave it to the speech pathologist to have toys in her car. <laughs> New toys, I should say. I'm sure you have toys in your car, but they're not different from what he's used to. He's like, no, I want the ones that I'm not used to. Um, no, so yeah, so he, he didn't ask for it. And so the minute he did, like my mom was like all over it. She's like, yes, okay, let's go. Like she, she was ready to go feed those chickens. And so the whole routine, which is a great, you know, and kudos to my mom because she has set up, he knows the routine. Like first, you know, you get the food, carry it up there. And he's so cute because the bin of food is like a quarter of his size. So he's like going all the way up this hill to get to the chickens. I love it. It is. Yeah. And then, um, he, you know, they, what, I don't even know the routine. Um, cause I don't know. Well, they go over the bridge and they talk about like the fish in the pond that she had. And I think they even feed the fish in the pond too, um, before or after they feed the chickens. I'm not quite sure. Um, and then they do walk over and then they feed the chickens. And I think he will just, I don't know how he feeds them, but he feeds them. And then they go and pull eggs out. They check to see if the chickens have laid eggs. And then he'll pull the eggs out. Usually she takes the real egg and let him take the fake egg. And this time was different. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a fake egg. And I didn't know this until like a year ago. My mom's had chickens for a couple years. I didn't realize she put a fake egg in there to make them think that they, you know, like to, to tell them to lay it basically. It's like a a visual cue almost. Right. Or something. It just helps them know that to do it. I don't know. I'm not a a farmer. (laughs) Trying. I'm obviously trying to think of like what that would mean as a speech pathologist. No, I don't know. But yeah. So she, she gave him the real egg. Okay. Heather, did she know she gave him the real egg? Do you know this part? He asked for it. And so she let him have it. Okay, so just back up into my childhood for a second. Let me tell you, if I, if I was Hunter or any of my siblings were Hunter in that moment, she would have said a hard no. It would have been a hard no. My mom will, she will fight me on this. I already know it because I'm going to make her listen to this story. But it, we were like, we would be told or we would be shown a, a, a book, like a, a picture book on like what a chicken egg looks like on the inside or like she would show us if she cracked it. In the, on the stove when we were actually making it, but like, and nothing against my mom, but like, she'd be like, no, I don't want you to waste an egg. You know, it's food. And we were taught like, you don't waste your food and, um, all that. So as much as she would want us to learn the practicality of, or not practicality, as much as she want, would want us to learn the science of like what an egg looks like and all this stuff. Like we were not the kids and my mom, we don't agree on this. We were not the kids that fried eggs on the concrete. Yeah. We were I not. Remember, I let you guys do it. I let you do it. Yeah. So what happens is they come back down the hill. Hunter's got the egg. We're like, Heather and I were like deep in conversation. We really don't know what's going on. We're just, you know, yep. chatting away. And I hear like the side conversation of like my mom, like telling Hunter, yeah, if it cracks open, like you see yolk and you see this. But then I, and this is where I missed it. Like all of that to me was like hypothetical. Like, yeah, like, but we're going to, in my mind, we're taking the egg inside. It's going in the fridge, whatever. So we're chatting and all of a sudden, and out of the corner of my eye, I see Hunter like go, wow, with the egg, like throw it and toss it. (laughs) 
and then it splatters and he, he looks, he just looks up, looks at me, looks at my mom, looks at you <laughs> like it was totally normal. And I know you saw my face, Heather, because you're probably like, oh, Hunter's yeah. going to get in some trouble. Yeah, I got, I gasped and I was like, uh, I don't think that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and like, I look at my mom because I'm like, obviously it's not my place to, to, to say anything. So it, one, it wasn't my kid. It wasn't my egg. But my mom is cool as a cucumber, which Granted, like, Hunter um, is is not her biological grandson, so that's a first. And she's not the mom. Like, regardless if he was biologically or not, like, she knows she's not the mom. So I know she would respect you to be the one to be like, you're not allowed to do that or whatever. Yeah. And, but she's, like, not even freaking out. And, like, growing up with my mom, like, that is something that would freak her out. I'm going to say it. And I know she's going to disagree with me. But, like... <laughs> Because that's why I freaked out because I'm like, my mom's going to lose it. Like, yeah. she just tossed the only egg that she got today. Yeah, I, thought, I, thought, I thought she was going to freak out too. And then she was like, yeah, I said he could do it. I told him. <laughs> Which is where yeah. I lost my, like, I was like, are you serious? Because, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, like, growing up, we would have been like, you know, she, she would not have been, like, mad. Like, we would not have gotten gone in timeout for that or anything. Like, she for sure would have been, like, okay, like, you know, you make mistakes. Don't do it again. Like, but then what happened was she's, like, yeah, I told him to do it. Oh, look, Hunter, this is the yoke. You could swirl it around. And she grabs a stick, and it's this whole thing. And it, it was so cute. It was adorable. Yeah, and he it was, was a good experience. It, it really was. And then, you know, because she's like, yeah, I let you guys do it when you were little. And all three, like me, my brother, my sister, were all like, no, you didn't. <laughs> this grandma life softened her up. <laughs> but that's the egg story. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. But and, and so awesome for Hunter to have, like, to get that, you know, because, um, again, like, what a cool science experiment what a cool like just I mean a cool moment with all of us where we're just like yeah like cool the egg. <laughs> but you know then of course the cleanup which good thing my mom's husband was there to clean it up because I think he was the one that did it Sammy cleaned it or Sammy oh yeah the dog but then I'm sure he sprayed it or something or watered it Probably, but you're yeah. right the dog came out and just my mom and that's the other thing my mom was like yeah the dog will just eat it up I'm like you would have never let the dogs do that when I was growing She is softened. But no, that was, that was a fun moment. Fun story to end it on because, um, yeah, he, I mean, and I've said this before, it's so fun to just watch him and just be like, get to see that how he learns about the world. Um, mm -hmm. And I think for, you know, if you're a parent or a speech therapist or a teacher, it's so good to just kind of take that step back. And my mom did set a really good example in terms of like, yeah, if an egg, like even if it was an accident, like take a moment to just make that into a learning experience for them instead of getting mad and sh yeah. And like, you know, like obviously, and, and I know my mom said it to him, like 
you're not going to do this again because can you imagine the next day he's going through your fridge like I want to do it again <laughs> that would make me mad <laughs> oh man then you just call my mom have her come clean it up <laughs> no but but yeah well I think that's the end of this podcast so I am gonna I am gonna end the the cast here um but as always you're more than welcome to stay on after <laughs> But thank you for joining me for this conversation. That was fun. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed every moment of it. <laughs> all right, friends. Thank you so much for listening, Heather. Thank you so much for all of your great tidbits and ways to keep facilitating our little one's speech and language development. As always, I can't wait to have you back. Um, friends, you can find me over on the gram at thanksmorris. You can also go and find me over at thanksmorris.com where you can actually fill out, if you didn't know yet, fill out a form that will allow you to make suggestions, requests for topics, ask me questions, um, and just, you know, nominate yourself. Why not? If you want to come on the podcast, if you feel you have something to add to the conversation, please do so or nominate a friend. I also ask that you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. I love hearing your feedback and it's such a joy to get to talk with you all um, as you come on here and help us learn more about the speech and language world, more about the mindfulness world, and just, uh, you know, to be overall better humans as we grow together. So until next time, I will talk to you later.